Welcome or welcome back to the Company of the Cat. Hello. I was researching and writing about the Andals and the Ironborn video that I have in mind. And obviously I, as always, came across some major events that their place in the timeline doesn't make much sense. And I thought before that upload to drop this one, because it is not something we really consider or talk about. I talked about it in my Andal invasion video. From the way things are laid down, the first Andals came to Westeros prior to the Long Night. Some in-universe sources suggest that the Long Night took place 6,000 years ago, and Martin said that it is closer to 5,000 years ago and not 10 or 8, like it is written in the true history. During an interview, they asked him about Blood Moon, the cancelled prequel about the Long Night, and he said something about the timeline that changes quite a lot of things. I wonder, since HBO's prequel pilot takes place 10,000 years before Game of Thrones, will that world even be recognizable to fans of Westeros since there's such a huge time jump? 10,000 years is mentioned in the novels, but you also have places where maesters say, no, no, it wasn't 10, it was 5,000 years ago. Again, I'm trying to reflect real-life things that a lot of high fantasy doesn't reflect. In the Bible, it has people living for hundreds of years, and then people added up how long it's lived and used that to figure out when events took place. Now we're getting more realistic dating from carbon dating and archaeology, but Westeros doesn't have that. They're still in the stage of my grandfather told me and his grandfather told him, so I think it's closer to 5,000 years. But you're right, Westeros is a very different place. There's no King's Landing, there's no Iron Throne, there are no Targaryens. Valyria has hardly begun to rise, yet with its dragons and the great empire that it built. We're dealing with a different and older world, and hopefully that will be part of the fun of the series. Jane Goldman is a tremendous talent. She flew into Santa Fe and we spent a week talking about her ideas. She's going into territory that I haven't explored very much in the books. I've heard about them, but she's a major writer. I love her work. If the Long Night took place closer to 5,000 years ago, then one of the dates we have about the coming of the Andals predate this. Meaning that the first Andals, the ones in the Vale and the Riverlands at least, were for sure there prior to the Long Night. And it makes sense. I will not go very deep into this since I already have a video about it. But the first Andals didn't live because of the Valyrians. Hugo of the Hills had a vision. The Seven promised him and his descendants great kingdoms in a foreign land. The first thing the Andals tried to do in Westeros was spread the faith because of a dream. It wasn't because of the political shift in Essos. We know that the first men came around 12,000 years ago with 10,000 years ago, according to most sources. But the true history suggests a different date. Only the 8,000 years ago date they put forward doesn't make sense because then, according to them, the first men were not in Westeros during the Long Night when we know they were, since they put the same date for the Long Night 2, around 8,000 years ago, the true history tries to push the arrival of the Andals forward and the Long Night backwards. If we take the latest date that most sources suggest for the coming of the First Men, we have 10,000 years ago, and the Andals came around 4,000 years after the Pact, so around six to 5,000 years ago, meaning the reason for that Andal migration was not Valyria, since they hadn't started their expansion yet. I think that yes, more Andals came when Valyria started to claim lands and enslave people in Essos, but the first Andal wars in the Vale and later in the Riverlands and the Stormlands took place prior to the Long Night. Meaning that houses like the Arins, the Tollets, the Egens, and the Corbrays were established before the Long Night. What does this have to do with the Starks though? It has to do plenty with the Starks, since according to the Maesters, as well as the members of the house, House Stark was established and the castle built after the Long Night. The greatest castle of the north is Winterfell, the seat of House Stark, since the Dawn Age. 
Legend says that Brandon the Builder raised Winterfell after the generation-long winter known as the Long Night to become the stronghold of his descendant, the Kings of Winter. If this is the case, then the Starks, even though First Men, were still a newer house even compared to some Andal houses and not just other major First Men houses. Bran the Builder is a very peculiar figure in Westerosi history and legends. Yandel says that names like Bran, Duran and Lan hold less truth than fancy, but we also have a lot of stories and things here and there, as well as magic. To make us take another look and realize that these stories hold some truth, yes, the stories are exaggerated, obviously, but the people were most likely real people, many of them involved with magic, according to the stories we have. I personally don't believe that Bran was involved with every magical construction in Westeros, to be honest. These are indeed myths. It is obvious that the Hightower, Winterfell, the Wall, and Storm's End were not built in the same era. From most of the stories we get, the Storm's End is much older than Winterfell, and the Hightower was getting bigger and bigger with time, it was not built like that from the start, so I doubt that Bran was involved in the buildings of all these constructions. If indeed his legend is inspired by a real figure, the ancestor of House Stark, then the only things he constructed were the Wall and Winterfell, and it is impressive enough, he doesn't need the credit for other buildings. The Children of the Forest apparently were, and still are, making magical holds for protection, like Bran's cave. The common link between all these constructions is the Children of the Forest, not Bran. He himself was close to the singers and learned their language and their secrets, and this is how he built the Wall and Winterfell. Most likely, all these other and older magical keeps like Storm's End, Maud Kaelin, and the Singer's Cave were the inspiration for the Wall and Winterfell. Winterfell is speculated, and it makes sense for it to be true, to be honest, that it was built in pieces over the years, rather than being planned as a single structure. Winterfell is enormous. It is more like a small town rather than just a castle. Obviously, it was built over centuries. The founder most likely was involved in the very, very magical crypts, and most likely the older parts of the seat and the first keep. The oldest of these, a long abandoned tower, round and squat and covered with gargoyles, has become known as the first keep. Some take this to mean that it was built by the first men, but Maester Kenneth has definitely proved that it could not have existed before the arrival of the Andals, since the first men and the early Andals raised square towers and keeps. Round towers came sometime later. And this is where things start to make sense. The first keep is very, very old. It's the oldest part of the seat. But we see different architecture, and this is why they say it was most likely built later. But it isn't necessary for this to be the case, since apparently some Andals had been in Westeros already for quite some time before the Starks built Winterfell. From the things we know, to me at least, it seems that Winterfell was built after the Long Night, and there is a strong possibility that crypts had been built during the Long Night, considering that they're underground, humongous, since, again, we do not know how big the collapsed part is, and the whole area is volcanic with hot springs everywhere, something that would have been very much welcome during winter. George Martin does something that I personally really enjoy, parallels of older stories to our current timeline. So, even though we do not know what happened then, we can pretty much guess. The current situation in Westeros is a mess, everyone is fighting with their neighbors and their mothers, there is a war in every single place on the continent, it's crazy, and on top of that, there are people who meddle with magic like Huron. And it would have been a very similar situation to the previous Long Night too. After a long summer, where finally the Children of the Forest and the First Men had peace for the most part, new people came and things started to change tremendously. These people not only wanted land, they also wanted to spread a new religion, because their gods said so. It's coming of the first men all over again, they started to cut down weirwoods, killing and burning without a care in the world. And I have mentioned it before, but the first Andals didn't have a problem with magic, visions, thraldom, etc. 
So the idea that they too were meddling with magic isn't very far-fetched in my opinion. We see that the current situation is very much similar. The same goes for all these stories about the Great Emperor of the Dawn. Bloodstone usurping his sister, doing blood magic, practicing slavery and cannibalism and so on. It seems that all these stories point to how humans can unite and beat a common enemy, like the others, if they want, but sadly, sooner or later, they will start following the same pattern as before. It is kind of sad, and it's one of the reasons why George had said that the ending will be bittersweet, I think. Bran the Builder was a first man, a person that apparently was very, very close to the children of the forest according to the stories. The only other stories that give us more information about him come from the Reeds. Brandon the Builder was descended from Garth by way of Brandon of the Bloody Blade. These tales would have us believe. Brandon of the Bloody Blade, who drove the giants from the Reeds and warred against the children of the forest, slaying so many at Blue Lake that it has been known as Red Lake ever since. We do not know what exactly is going on and if all these stories are true. But most often than not, myths and legends were crafted to reflect real events in a more fantastical and entertaining way. So these myths most likely hold some truth, otherwise George Martin wouldn't have involved so many legends, myths and songs in the story. Personally, I think that all these kids of Garth were kids from the first night custom descended from House Gardener, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they all came from the same king. I talked about it in my first upload. Something else we see very often in the novels is that the sins of the parents are visited upon the children for better or worse. And even though Brandon of the Bloody Blade had more than just a bad relationship with the children, like Duran had, both their descendants apparently fixed their issues and had very close alliances with them. All in all, even if the songs are highly embellished, it seems like the Starks were not originally from the North, or at least that North, and stayed there after the long night because of the others. Actually, Brandon Builder reminds me of John a lot, as well as Bran. It seems that Brandon went north and tried to do something about the others. He was very much involved from the beginning until the very end. I have a video in mind about the whole Azura High and the prince that was promised, yada yada yada, but I will mention something here too. We know about a last hero, not the sole hero. We have many people with a very important central role and the last hero had a dozen companions. It seems like Brandon was one of them. But we also have stories about Azura High and people coming from Essos, like Danny is coming now. The dragon has three heads is the answer. It's not just about Dargerians or about the number three. It means that the solution doesn't come from one place only. It's about unity. The whole story is about unity and equality. Song and story tell us that the Starks of Winterfell have ruled large portions of the lands beyond the Neck for 8,000 years, styling themselves the Kings of Winter, the more ancient usage, and in more recent centuries, the Kings in the North. The rule was not an uncontested one. Many were the wars in which the Starks expanded the rule or were forced to win back lands that rebels had carved away. The kings of winter were hard men in hard times. This distinction between kings of winter and kings in the north makes me lean towards the idea about the crypts being built during the long night and the rest of Winterfell part by part later and after the Starks started their expansion in the north. There were many powerful kings all over the north from way before the Starks took over. Boltons, the Barrow Kings, the War King, the Marsh Kings, and many others that the Starks either made vassals and married their daughters, or completely erased them after they took their daughters. A pointer here, most of these kings, like most firstman kings of old, had magic, thus they practiced the first night custom in the first place. So by marrying their daughters, they were also collecting powers. We even have a quote from old Nan to Bran that hints at how he also inherited traits from his great-great-grandmother. 
his father's mother's mother, had been a flint of the mountains. Old Nan once said that it was her blood in him that made Bran such a fool for climbing before his fall. I haven't done as many videos as I would like about the Starks, to be honest, but I have some things in mind. Generally, it seems to me that the early Starks not only were trying very hard to have the whole North united under the rule, something that we have seen over and over again happening many times because of visions and dreams, but they were also taking women from very well-known magical houses while they were killing off their male lines. I don't know. In any case, I will make another video uh, about this because it's a very long story. For now, I hope you had fun watching this one. Comment your thoughts about the timeline and whether you agree that the first Andals came before the Long Night. And if you agree, did you notice that this makes the history of the Starks way more complicated or not? Thanks a lot for watching, press a like and subscribe if you haven't, and see you in the next video. Bye!